Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on Sirius XM Triumph, Channel 132. In the last hours, a veteran medical examiner breaks down in tears, crying on the stand as graphic autopsy photos of a little girl, Cherish Periwinkle, are shown in court. And it could all have been stopped. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. An eight-year-old Florida girl is kidnapped, sex molested, and murdered out of a Walmart superstore. Her mom bearing the guilt of letting it happen, according to her detractors. But when you hear the whole story, it's not anyone's fault except the perpetrator, 61-year-old Donald Smith. Joining me, syndicated talk show host David Mack, Ashley Wilcott, veteran child advocate, Mark Class, renowned victims advocate, and Cheryl McCollum, director of the Cole Case Institute. Joining me also, forensics expert Karen Smith. I want to go first out to Cheryl McCollum. Cheryl, this case, I, I remember when it happened. The mother is in, like, I think it was a family dollar or a general dollar, and she's trying to buy her little girl some cl- school clothes. 
and they're going through it saying, okay, we can afford this, we cannot afford that. I, as a uh, devotee of the Dollar Tree, I know what she's talking about. So you're in there and you're looking for the best deal of what she could afford to buy her children. A guy comes up and says, hey, I'm about to go meet my wife over at Walmart. And I hear you guys. Look, I know you don't have enough money to buy the, the school clothes. I'll pitch in. L let me help you. And so they end up, they all go to the Walmart superstore. And this guy, out of the kindness of his heart and his wife's heart, is going to buy some clothes for these kids. All right? Then as they're shopping and all that, and I've watched the video a million times, Cheryl McCollum, I see him in the video Although there are other children and the mom there, he keeps looking at Cherish, the eight-year-old girl. He keeps talking to her as they're looking at shoes and clothes. Then he says to the mom, hey, there's a McDonald's right up front within the superstore. I think it was a McDonald's. There's hamburgers and stuff up there. Let, let, Cherish, come with me. We'll go get some food for everybody else and bring it back while you guys shop. You know, the mom's been with him for a period of time now. I mean, it's within the store. It's within walking distance, in the store. I mean, you know, those superstores have barbershops. They have food. They have this. They have that. Salons, everything. You can see on the video where he walks out the front door with Cherish. There was no wife coming to meet them. That was a big lie. He zoned in on Cherish Periwinkle, raped her brutally in his car, and then just discards her body face down, submerged in a ditch not far away. They find her body there. When they find him, he's covered in scratches where this little eight-year-old girl fought for her life. I personally interviewed another young girl and her mother that he tried to lure at a McDonald's before this to try to get the little girl in the car. And the mom scared him away in the same white van. Same one, Cheryl. Nancy, this guy had been out of prison three weeks. He had 40 years worth of crime. This guy fixated on Cherish. He made his mind up what he was going to do to her. And he figured out a way to get her alone away from her, from us. It is absolutely horrifying. I want to go now to Mark Class. Mark, how do you think this whole thing went down? Well, it went down pretty easy. I mean, Cheryl's testimony was spot on. He knew exactly what it was he wanted to do. He manipulated the mother into trusting him, even if only for a moment. And he then kidnapped the little girl and committed heinous crimes against her. But it begs the question, Nancy, what in the world was this character with a 40-year criminal history of heinous and violent crimes doing on the street in the first place. It makes absolutely no sense. Absolutely. You know, I've listened a million times to this, but listen to Cherish's mother. When she tries to find Cherish, she realizes she's not there. She goes berserk and dials 911. Listen. 911, Robinson. Hi, I'm at Walmart. I went to her and think my daughter's been taken. What do you mean? Taken by a stranger. I can't find her. Okay, ma'am, how old is your daughter? Eight and a half. And you say you have the Walmart on Lim Turner? 
Yes, I am. Okay, when was, where did you last see her at? <laughs> Walmart. I met a man today at Dollar General. He saw that I was struggling to buy them some clothes. He drove us here to buy us some clothes and the only reason I went with him because he said his wife was going to be here. Because I told him I don't take rides with strangers. Okay, ma'am. What's your daughter's name? Her name's Cherish. Cherish? Yes. And her, her last name? Periwinkle with a P. Can you spell that for me, please? P-E-R-O-Y-W-I-N-K-L-E. <laughs> and is she a white female, black female? Excuse me? Is she a white or black female? She's a white girl. What she's color? Got, what color long, Go ahead. Long dark hair. I don't remember what clothes she's wearing because I'm panicking right now. I'm trying not to panic. Okay, and she was last seen with this man? Yes. He went. To, he said he was going to McDonald's and he, he hasn't been there because the store is closed right now. Okay, is he a white man or a black man? A white man. He's got white, short hair, and he's got dark eyebrows. You said dark, dark, short hair? No, he's got white hair and dark eyebrows. I had a strange feeling about him when I first met him, and he took her to the, he took her to the, to, to the dressing room twice, and I was hoping that she would be okay, and I was looking at the shoes. And I didn't want him to think that I was overly protective, freaking out. But now, they're not here. And I find it very odd because he knew that. Oh, okay, ma'am. What color vehicle does he drive? It's a white van. But do you remember any stickers or anything on the side of the van? Anything that you can remember at all? Did it have tinted windows or anything? And now he's got carpet in the van. And it takes a good look. Sorry. And he, he said what? I didn't take a good look at the van. Okay, do you remember what, did you see any tag on it or anything? Was no. it a Florida tag? No, I didn't look at that. I feel like a fool. Okay, but can you remember what he had on? No, I don't remember anything because I'm panicking right now. Okay, ma'am, what's your name? My name's Rain, R-A-Y-N-E. He said his name is Dawn. He said he was supposed to meet his wife here, and his wife never showed up, and I couldn't figure out why. His wife didn't even show up at Dollar General. And he told you that y'all were going to meet his wife at um, the Walmart? Yes. First, she was supposed to show up at Dollar General, and then he was going to meet with her at at Walmart and we've been here probably two hours and she didn't show up and I ha had this cart full of clothes that he said he was going to pay for with a hundred dollar gift card and I excuse me I I had a bad feeling I thought well I feel like pinching myself because this is too good to be true so I got to the checkout he's not here Cherish isn't here She's eight. She's eight years old. She's supposed to go to California in the morning through the plane. And he knows this. I told him this. He knew when the store was closing. 
I had a bad feeling about him. Okay, how long have you been looking for you? When was the last time you saw your daughter? How long ago? About half an hour ago. So you've been looking for her for a half an hour? Yes. There's nobody in the store. And he knew the store was closing. He said he was going to McDonald's. She went with him. I should have told her to stay with me. She keeps saying over and over, Dave Mack, syndicated talk show host joining us this morning. She keeps saying, why in the world would he take my little girl? Why would he take my little girl? Rain Periwinkle says it over and over and over. Uh, She reportedly has her head down in court crying as she hears that is she hears her own words on 911 telling a dispatcher I feel like a fool she couldn't even remember what Smith was wearing or what his license plate was she was so out of her mind and the cops David Mack think this is some kind of a weird custody maneuver on her part and they delay David Mack. Nancy, there are so many sad things. When you talked about the mother not being on that 911 call, one of the things that really got during the testimony was she wanted to believe that Donald Smith was what he pretended to be, somebody who was there to help. This is a single mom. She's going through a tough time and doesn't have enough money for clothes for her kids, and here comes this man promising to be the kind of person that she could trust. And, And she said, When the prosecutor said, did you want to believe him? She said, very much so. That's why there's such um, pain and anguish when you hear her call that 911. She wanted to believe, but she knew in her heart that she just couldn't, but she did. That's why there's so much pain. That's why there's so much frustration. But as has already been mentioned, why was this man on the street and able to do this? You know, I just keep looking over and over at the video of her being led out like a lamb to the slaughter. An eight-year-old little girl being dragged out by, he's now being called the Walmart monster. The mom thinks this killer was a good Samaritan. Joining me right now, Ashley Wilcott, child advocate. Ashley, I'm just, I'm sick. You and I both have little girls about this age. And let me say this, Nancy, regardless what you do or don't do as a parent, because some people have said, oh, it's the mother's fault. No, it's not. No one deserves this. No one should have to go through this happening to their child. This man will always be a perp. There is no treatment. There is no fixing. There is no changing. This man will always prey on children. I'm looking at the photos with me. A renowned forensics expert, Karen Smith, we have worked together on many occasions before. I'm looking, Karen, at pictures of Cherish Periwinkle. She's just gorgeous. And I'm looking at pictures of her mother crying in court. And I'm looking at pictures of this. I mean, he's straight from hell. He's he's the devil's minion. I'm looking at him. And you should see the way he's all dressed up. He's got on a He's got an, a, a pale purple button-down shirt with a matching tie and trousers, uh, dress slacks, and he's perfectly manicured and groomed. He's wearing his eye spectacles up on top of his head. He looks like somebody's grandfather. I mean, uh, Karen Smith, you have a very unique insight into this case. What can you tell me? This case happened about a month after I retired from the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. 
Um, I can tell you that had I stayed, I, I likely would have been pulled into some part of this investigation. And by the grace of God, I wasn't, because this is one that every investigator involved in this, the prosecutors and everyone is going to carry with them for the remainder of their days. When I heard that Dr. Rao, the medical examiner, broke down on the stand, I, I've worked with Dr. Rao on, on dozens and dozens of cases. She is a strong-willed woman. She is an outstanding medical examiner. Listen. I you to explain to the jury what is reflected here. Okay, so when the scalp is reflected back, you have an area of hemorrhage right there. I'm sorry, where? Um, on the left side of her scalp right, right. there. And what, how is that caused, Dr. Rao? Um, blunt trauma. I'm going to show you two more photographs of the dissection taken of cherished periwinkle's throat. Will you first tell the jury what you saw when you um, dissected her throat? Yes, so what we do is, it's, uh, I'm sorry, I have to take a break. Can I just have like five minutes? When I heard that, I knew how bad uh, this was. I know all of the investigators, and God bless them. You know, uh, it got to be getting late, all right? They were shopping for school clothes, and it was getting toward 10 o'clock at night, and Smith's so-called wife had never appeared. Cherished mom, Rain, says her daughters needed to go home. They hadn't had dinner. And that is when Smith tells Rain he would go to a McDonald's inside the store and get cheeseburgers. Cherish, eight years old, followed along and was never seen alive again. The mom says less than 20 minutes later, she realized the McDonald's in the Walmart was actually closed. Her, she started panicking. Her cell phone didn't work. Her daughter had dunked it in the water to try to clean it. So she started screaming for help when she realized her daughter was gone. I mean, Mark Class, you know what it feels like to realize your daughter is gone. It, it, it's beyond that because she... she uh for some period of time, cried out for help. She wanted somebody to help her get her daughter. And at Walmart, um, they ignored her. They ignored her until somebody finally loaned her a phone so that she could call 911. This is such a monumental betrayal. He betrayed this woman. He betrayed this little girl. She's left with the guilt of, under, of, of realizing that the one thing she always told her daughter that she would be there to protect her was something that she was unable to do, something that she couldn't do. And you're seeing the results right now in this trial. You see this poor woman on the stand breaking down time and again and again and again. It's just another example of, of, of the power of evil and how one bad apple can absolutely destroy lives um, all around. You know, uh, David Mack, syndicated talk show host, joining us. The mom's testifying. I was yelling, call 911, call 911. My daughter's been taken. And no one would help me right away. About 40 minutes later, after she realizes her daughter is gone, an employee finally hands her a cell phone and she calls 911. Dave Mack, why didn't Walmart use their phone to call police? You know, 
Nancy, I've been trying to figure that out for the longest. And all I could think of, and, you know, panic parents, all, maybe she wasn't, maybe she people just didn't take her seriously. You know, mentioned the delay and the police response and everything else. I'm trying to get my hands wrapped around this, but it took time for her to get from where she realized that uh, her daughter was not coming out from McDonald's to the point where she got frantic. And that's why I, all I can think of is that maybe she wasn't expressing herself in a way that made people realize there was a real emergency going on. Maybe she was, I don't know, Nancy. Well, I think a mom running through the store screaming, Call 911, my daughter's gone, Cheryl McCollum. I think that would be enough of a signal, right? You would think, Nancy, you would think 20 people in that store would have called, but they didn't. Nancy, the worst part is, even when they finally got to 911, the call was put out as a missing person, not a child abduction. So that meant less officers were put on the road immediately to go into action to search for her, to put the bolo out on the van. So it was it was a perfect storm of just mistake after mistake after mistake of people that failed this child. You know, uh, this is what I know about Smith. He had been released from jail three weeks before Cherish was murdered. He did 438 days on felony charges of child abuse. Just that's a little over one year on child abuse. And get this unlawful impersonation of a public employee. Now, this is what he did. He posed as a child welfare worker and got a little girl on the phone and started asking her sexually explicit questions. That is screwed up, Mark Class. I don't understand, Nancy, how evil is allowed to continue to proliferate. We knew what this guy was. He had the history. He had demonstrated it time and time and time again, yet they put him back out onto the street. It's a, and we're in a situation now where we're not holding criminals accountable for a variety of reasons and based on a variety of laws. Victims have no rights. Innocent little girls have no rights. All of the rights go towards the criminals, and they're allowed to continue in a turnstile system of justice that regurgitates them on the street time after time after time to commit ever-increasing and ever-worse crimes against innocent citizens. He shouldn't have been on the street. This guy is the embodiment of evil. It's just killing me. It's killing me. I mean, I, I gave you that example, but his criminal history goes back to the 70s related to lewd and lascivious conduct. He's a registered sex offender since he was convicted in 93 in Duval County for attempted kidnapping and selling obscene materials. Doctors even determined he met the criteria of a violent sex predator. He did prison time. He was ordered to get treatment. And then in this 2009 incident, asking the little girl sex questions on the phone, it's the perfect storm. He gets out three weeks later. He's there at the family dollar. Cherish is there. Cherish mom has, or on her own with her other children, uh, Cherish mom and dad have been in a lifetime of custody battle over the girl. 
they're fighting. And so when the, the, the cops get the 911 call, they go, oh, this is just some custody BS. This has something to do with the custody battle. I mean, nothing, Ashley Wilcott, could have been further from the truth. No, Nancy, and not only that, you know what happens when we assume, any of us, what's that do to us? They should never have made that assumption. And it's it's amazing. I see this time and time again with people not reporting to defects or law enforcement. When you see a mother, like you said, running through the store, things are, you know, my child's missing, somebody's taken my child. People have got to pay attention and take basic responsibility, report it, call it in. Police don't get to have the discretion to say, oh, it's a missing child or oh, an abducted child. If a mother says someone has taken my child, that's an abduction treated accordingly. Take a listen to what prosecutors state in their opening statement. Parish Periwinkle was eight years old. She weighed 67 pounds. Separated from her mother, her little sisters, from all she knew was safe in this world. She spent the last petrifying hours of her life with him. He gagged her, he raped her, he sodomized her, and then he strangled her. He gagged her with such force, her gums and her nostrils bled. He strangled her with such force, her eyeballs bled. Cherish did not die quickly, and she did not die easily. In fact, her was a brutal and tortured death. And after he killed her, he pulled her little, lifeless body through the woods, pushed it under the water, forced it under a tree, and took asphalt, bricks, and debris, and weighted her down. Because planned for no one to find her. But as she went, things did not go according to his plans. He was caught. She was found. And though not enough time to save her young life, and enough time to collect and gather the incriminating evidence of his guilt. Evidence on her body and in her body that would tell us, and now will tell you, the grim truth of her horrific death. Let me pause and thank our partner making our podcast today and our investigation possible. It's LegalZoom. You know, small business is the big hot topic right now, and that means National Small Business Month at LegalZoom comes at just the right time. Whether you're just starting out or you already have a business, 2018 presents a very unique opportunity. New tax laws include the biggest changes for business owners in the last 30 years. And LegalZoom can help you understand what that means for you. LegalZoom, not a law firm, but has a network of independent 
tax professionals, and lawyers nationwide to answer your questions about taxes and so much more. LegalZoom understands you need to tap into the right resources to run your business, and that's why they're using their 16 years of experience, 16, to provide business owners with the tools to start and run their business the right way. Keep listening over the next few weeks to find out how LegalZoom can help you during National Small Business Month. Don't miss this. Check out LegalZoom.com today and get special savings if you enter code NANCY, N-A-N-C-Y, in the referral box at checkout. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. LegalZoom.com. Thank you for helping business owners and regular people like us across the country every day and for being our partner. A lot of people are blaming the mother. They're saying you should never have let her walk off with a guy, even if you think they're a good Samaritan, that you don't know. Um, You know, out to you, Cheryl McCollum, blaming the mom. Yeah, I, I don't think I would let my child go with somebody I just met. I mean, I know I wouldn't, but blaming the mom. Is, is not the answer. The mom did not murder her child, Cheryl. Blaming the mom is absolutely the wrong call. There's only one person that is responsible for what happened to Cherish, and that is the man on trial, Mr. Smith. Now, Nancy, I'm going to tell you something else. You and I say it all the time. A lot of times, the person that ends up hurting your child is somebody already in your house. People that make their mind up that they're going to hurt a child could date you, could be related to you, could live next door to you, or like this person, be a complete stranger. It's not the family's fault. It's not Cherish's fault. It's not her mama's fault. It's Mr. Smith's fault. Take a listen to Cherish's mother. This is heartbreaking on the stand. Ma'am, why did you feel it okay to let Cherish walk to McDonald's with the defendant? If he would have asked me if he could take her, I would have said no. But because McDonald's is inside Walmart with people around, I, I knew she would never leave, leave my side. Well, you've seen the photograph, the photograph in the state's exhibit here. Did you know and believe that there were surveillance cameras in the Walmart? Yes, I did. You knew the McDonald's was in the Walmart, right? Yes. Did you feel that if Cherish went to the McDonald's with him inside the Walmart that she would be safe? Yes. Had you known that they were going to leave the store, would you have let Cherish leave the store with the defendant? No. Did he ever ask you, can Cherish come with me to leave the store? No. Would you have ever let your child leave the store and leave the Walmart with this defendant? No. You thought they were just going to get cheeseburgers? Yes. After they walk off, what do you do? I went to the shoe section because my five-year-old Destiny wanted a pair of shoes. A bigger size. 
Did you continue to shop for the girls and look at clothes and things of that nature? I was just looking at the shoes. And then I started to walk to the front of the store. Had you heard an announcement about the store would be closing? Yes. And what time was the Walmart actually closing, closing that night? 11 o'clock. So did you gather up your kids and take your purchases or the items that you were looking to purchase and go towards the front? Yes. Did you see Cherish anywhere in the store? No. Did you see the defendant, Donald Smith, anywhere in the store? No. Did you look for him? Yes. What did you do to look for him? I quickened my pace and I looked through every aisle at the register. There was no one there. Could you find Cherish? No. How did that make you feel? I started to panic. Did you look at the Walmart to see if they were at the Walmart? They weren't there. What about the McDonald's at the front of the store? I ran to the McDonald's. Were they at the McDonald's? No. Did your panic start to become worse? Yes. Could you find your daughter and this defendant anywhere in that store? No. At some point, did you seek help from the Walmart employees and try to call the police? Yes, I was yelling, call 911, my daughter's been taken and no one would, no one would help me. Now, this is a real twist of justice. Thank you, Mr. Smith. Earlier, your uh, attorneys had indicated that they may want to have some discussion with the court and then have some cross-examination of this witness, but your attorneys told me now that you wish for them not to do any cross-examination of this witness. Is that correct? That's correct. Do you understand there will not be another opportunity for them to cross-examine her? Do you understand that? Um, and you understand, of course, as I've told the jury, you're not you and your attorneys, you're not required to do anything. You're not required to cross-examine any witness. Do you understand that? Yes, and that's clearly how you wish to proceed? Okay. Okay, so you don't want any cross-examination. And it's clear on the record your age, you're 61, is that correct? Um, we've gone over this before. You've got a work history. You've got an education history. You've understood everything that's going on in the courtroom before making this decision, correct? All right, I do find that Mr. Smith has freely and voluntarily uh, advised his counsel that he wishes no cross-examination of this witness. To Mark Class, the defense is saying, oh, we did not cross-examine Cherish's mother because she was so upset. That is BS. They wanted her off the stand as quickly as they could get her off the stand because the jury started crying and getting upset listening to her. Now they're trying to act like they're the good guy in this scenario? No, that is BS, Mark Class. Well, yeah, and I think uh, to give a little perspective and a little context to this, this woman is as bad as a mistake that she made, and there's nobody that questions that at all. Um, she's now living out a life sentence. She'll never spend another day when she doesn't realize what happened and the mistakes that she made. And certainly this is not something that this poor woman who has struggled for so long deserves. 
This has to go back on the perpetrator. It has to go back on a system that allowed him to, uh, to, to regurgitate and commit and commit and commit to the point that a little girl is dead. You know, according to bystanders, they say nobody noticed. It looked like a grandfather and a granddaughter. And that is what the lawyer trying the case said as well. And if you look at it, it, it does look like that no one had any reason to suspect anything was wrong. To Ashley Wilcott joining me, uh, veteran trial lawyer and child advocate, what was the condition of Cherish's body when it was found faces down in murky mud and water? Explain. Oh, it was horrible. And so when the police did find her, um, she'd been hit in the head. She'd been raped. And here's the part that gets to me. She was wearing a top with fruit on it. So you can really envision this young, vulnerable eight-year-old in the mud, in the water. He's wet up to his waist. So you can only imagine what he did to her in the water. Beaten bruised, knocked in head, awful conditions. I have reviewed hundreds of pages of documents and photos in this case, personally reviewed them. When Cherish's body was found, it's, it's nauseating, it's sickening. That June day her body was found, these photos so upsetting her cherish little body was found in a tidal creek of the trout river out behind the highlands baptist church the little girl's partially clothed body was face down in about six inches of water muddy water in a tidal creek and stuffed underneath a log and weighted down by asphalt chunks that's how her body was found. His van was stopped on Interstate 95 at about the same time that morning. And as Ashley just said, he was still soaking wet. Had mud on his shoes, covered in scratches. He said he didn't know Cherish had been doing drugs all night. I mean, he told his mom... He was going out to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, according to the mother, his mother. Cherish, the little girl, was raped, strangled, blunt force trauma to her head and face. I remember looking at the crime scene photos, and there was blood. It looked like blood in the back area, the carpeted area in the back of the van, it it and when i look at it it just it just overwhelms me cheryl mccullum probably his intention of putting her body in the water was hoping it would wash away some of the evidence as to who did it dna was on her body and the likelihood that it came from anybody other than him is 35 quintillion to 1 cheryl mccullum it's him it's him, and his DNA was found on multiple places on her body. And Nancy, remember, a few days before this event happened, he took the back seat out of his van. This was planned. 
he was hunting for a victim, period. And if it had not been cherished, it would have been somebody else. And that is what we have got to recognize and wake up to. As you know, Nancy, the, uh, in the state of Georgia, we used to have the Department of Rehabilitation. We don't call it that anymore. We call it the Department of Corrections because rehabilitation doesn't work. There is no counseling you can do. There's no punishment you can give to make these people stop. The only mm-hmm. thing that makes them stop is prison or death. You know, to Karen Smith, forensics expert, what do you make of all the forensics? What do you know of them? I know that the crime scene investigators went and, and they processed Donald Smith's van and they found a lot of evidence in the back. There were a couple of markers that uh, indicated some hairs were found back there, like the blood that you mentioned earlier. Um, in addition, when they went to the scene where she was dumped behind the church, I should say that location is less than two miles from the Walmart where she was abducted. Um, so that 40 minute span where she was running around the Walmart screaming, call 911, um, I, I would hate to say that it would be too late, but he had already taken her less than two miles away to the church. Uh, when they got there, uh, a canine officer located the body based on a tip uh, that they received from neighbors who saw a white van parked there overnight. And when they found the body, uh, the crime scene investigators went and they swabbed all kinds of areas of her body, regardless of whether or not she was in water. Um, they took every precaution and, and swabbed numerous areas. The DNA analyst gave testimony, and that's when she came up with the statistical evidence of 35 quintillion to one. The other was 12 quadrillion to one. So we're talking to the exclusion of every other person on the planet and then some. Guys, we are talking about the horrific case of a little girl being lured out of a Walmart superstore in Florida to meet her horrific assault and murder. The perpetrator somehow trying to twist the facts to blame the mother, the mother in this scenario. But when you look at this guy in court, he looks so meek and mild, like maybe a English professor or somebody's grandfather. But catch this. Unbeknownst to defense attorneys and jail inmates alike, there were taping devices inside that Florida jailhouse. Take a listen to what we have learned. We got our mitts on those tapes. Hear this guy talking behind bars. And let me tell you, this is not for the weak need. Listen. second voice that's on that recording is that the voice of donald smith yes sir okay the person who said they're about 12. yes sir Person who said 
that's my target area. That's what I go after. Whose voice is that? The defendant's. secretly recorded sound inside the jail, behind jailhouse walls, of this perp that murdered Cherish Periwinkle on trial right now, allegedly murdered her, talking about the bodies of 12 and 13-year-old little girl, talking so obsessed with little girls, he was talking through the toilet in the jail to another inmate. So if he couldn't get his hands on the little girls, he just wanted to talk about them and fantasize about them. And it turns out he was being recorded, Mark Class. God, Nancy. You know, it, it takes me back. Um, one of the things that Paulie's killer told a psychiatrist during a, an evaluation back in 1978 is that he sits in prison and thinks about past victims, and masturbates at least twice daily. So this is a crime that will never end. As long as this guy is alive, he's going to be fantasizing about Cherish. He's going to be acting out about Cherish. And there's absolutely nothing we can do except make sure that he stays behind bars. And that's what these guys do. It's all about the fantasy. Once the crime is committed, these victims are being victimized for the rest of their lives. In the last hours, we are on trial watch. We are bringing you live streaming of the case on CrimeOnline.com. We pray for justice. Child advocate Ashley, I'm just I'm sick to my stomach. Nancy, the verdict came back, and in this case, I think justice has well been served. Within 15 minutes, the jury came back and it convicted him on all counts for first degree murder kidnapping and sexual battery of a child under the age of 12. So I think we can all agree justice has been served. Ashley, Nancy, let's listen to the reading of the verdict. State of Florida versus Donald James Smith, verdict count one. We the jury find the defendant guilty of first degree murder as charged in the indictment. We further find the killing was premeditated. We further find the killing was done during the commission or attempted commission of a felony to a kidnapping and sexual battery. Verdict count two, we the jury find the defendant guilty of kidnapping as charged in the indictment. We find the victim was under 13 years of age at the time of the offense. We find the defendant committed sexual battery on the victim during the commission of the offense. Verdict count three, we the jury find the defendant guilty of sexual battery upon a person less than 12 years of age as charged in the indictment. So say we all done at Jacksonville, Duval County, Florida. Signed the fourth person, February 14, 2018. Okay, thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, does either party wish to have the jury polled? Yes, sir. 
Madam Clerk, if you would poll the jury, please. She's going to ask each one of you, is this your verdict? She will ask you in order. Juror number seven, is this your true and correct verdict? Yes. Juror number 13, is this your true and correct verdict? Yes. Juror number 15, is this your true and correct verdict? Yes. Juror number 17, is this your true and correct verdict? Juror number 18, is this your true and correct verdict? Yes. Juror number 24, is this your true and correct verdict? Yes. Juror number 29, is this your true and correct verdict? Yes. Juror number 33, is this your true and correct verdict? Yes. Juror number 34, is this your true and correct verdict? Yes. Juror number 46, is this your true and correct verdict? Yes. Juror number 62, is this your true and correct verdict? Yes. Juror number 63, is this your true and correct verdict? So let's talk about the fact, first, the defense did not present any witnesses. So keep in mind that when they cross-examine the state's witnesses for the prosecution, that is a type of evidence they're, they're presenting. But typically, when a defense does not present evidence and waives closing, it's because they believe the evidence has already been presented by the prosecution. What I mean by that is if they think that jurors have already made up their minds and have already found uh, for the prosecution, they don't want to get up there and present evidence and make closing because that may solidify those jurors they think have already made the decision to convict. And so it's a safer bet to sit back and remain silent and hope that maybe at least one juror is on their side. And Ashley, the sentencing phase starts very soon on Tuesday for Donald Smith. Let's listen to the judge's instructions to the jury. We're going to start on Tuesday. I need to let you know ahead of time that we may be here a little bit later on Tuesday because some of the witnesses have to travel and based on their schedules, we need to get them um, in and out on that day. So I would ask you to plan to be here a little bit later on Tuesday than you have been this week. And I would ask you, if you could, to be here um, at a quarter of nine so that we can start at nine o'clock. You cannot discuss a case still among yourselves or with anyone else, and you cannot discuss their deliberations with them uh, at this point, the trial is still continuing. Um, all 16 of you will be back or need to be back on Tuesday morning. And all 16 of you are excused now with our thanks for your patience and your time this week. And we'll see you Tuesday morning at 9. So remember, this is the state of Florida, and so death penalty is, an, is a possible sentence for this particular defendant, and we'll look forward to Tuesday when the sentencing will follow, and we will see whether or not he actually receives the death penalty for these heinous crimes. Three minutes. That's how long, Dr. Rao. How long you said That's how long it took at a minimum, take her life. While she fought, while she bled, while every last breath left her body. He silenced her, and he took her and he dumped her in that water. That is not premeditating murder, and I don't know what is.
Back in jury selection, one of your fellow jurors commented that Cherish did not have a voice in this court. Respectfully, I disagree. Even in death, for the irrefutable physical evidence that was left behind, the injuries to her body, He left on her and inside of her. Through that evidence, she has a voice. And from the grave, she's crying out to you. Donald Smith raped me. Smith sodomized me. Donald Smith strangled me until every last breath left my body. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max.